I'm back to the state of uh, human rights across the globe, but I just want to touch on the issue of uh, the veto powers. Do you do you find, for instance, as Amnesty International, that at times, you know, these uh, five permanent members just use their veto powers really to, to exercise and apply their political power and in, in cases where they don't need to? Yes, uh, thank you very much. It's an issue that we highlight in, the, in the, our report that the five permanent uh, members of uh, the sample should really renounce their official rights in situations of genocide, atrocities, crimes against humanity, and so on, because we believe that by doing so, we are able to address the ongoing crisis situation across the world, from Syria to Nigeria, uh, you know, from Nigeria to DRC and from DRC to Angola. So that's why we're making that call. But yeah. we're also making other calls. And the... There, there will be unrest, really, across Africa, uh, just focusing on Africa, uh, because uh, that's where you find millions uh, of people caught up in violent situations there, you know, Darfur, DRC, Sudan, Angola, and everywhere else, really. Just bring us up to speed with what you have found is the current status of human rights across the globe, generally, specifically Africa. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, there are two, two big messages. One, across the, the globe, we are really seeing the change in nature and face of conflict that is affecting a variety of places, and we are urging world leaders to really confront this changing face of conflict. The power of armed groups is on the rise. Refugees are increasing in number where they are being thrown out of countries where there are conflicts. And we are seeing a much bigger use of social media by armed groups who are now exploiting the media to publicize their atrocities and recruit new members. The sheer scale of refugees and migrants is now frightening. And we are calling the world attention to this. On Africa, uh, across the continent, the outlook for human rights does not give much cause for optimism in the year I had or in 2014. Crisis and conflict, uh, most notably, in places like Nigeria, where uh, Boko Haram activities have resulted in major crimes against humanity and war crimes, but also what has been underreported is the state's role also in committing crimes against humanity for suspected Boko Haram uh, members. Then you have the second major attack on freedom of expression, assembly, and association in countries where people are standing up to challenge government or corporate. We are seeing systematic attacks on the freedoms of expression and the association and then justice and accountability. 2014, several states in Africa mobilizing to challenge the International Criminal Court, championing immunity from prosecution uh, for serving heads of state and so on. And we're calling upon uh, to demobilize this kind of attack and take a stand on confronting mm. impunity, both nationally and internationally. But, uh, and lastly, it's in the court. Okay, go ahead. All right, uh, and uh, I'm running out of time, uh, but I, I would like to put this question really. And, and there the, the appears to be some kind of a shift, really, from you know what has been the likes of uh, ethnic fight, fighting and uh, power struggles in many countries. The focus now 
is uh, on on terror attacks. You know that is what we're seeing across, you know, the the ISIS groups, your Boko Haram, your Al Shabaab, and all those uh, kind of uh, groups across the world. Politically, is there a will really to deal with these issues, especially from the nat- multinational uh, agencies like the UN, EU, AU, and blocs like ECOWAS and Comesa? Do you think they are in a position to deal with these groups? Yes, uh, thank you. Yes, armed groups, you know, committed abuses in at least 35 countries in 2014. Uh, more than one in five in the countries in which are investigated. So it is a serious problem. First, the responsibility goes to the national state to protect its civilians because the target are civilians and armed people, women, children, calling on states primarily to raise their game in protecting civilians from armed groups. Then regional organizations, ECOWAS, PADAC, and many other places in East Africa communities also to play an accompanying role in supporting individual states. Then the African Union itself, uh, you know, its constitutional act talks about the responsibility to protect. And we are calling upon the African Union to increase its capacity to stop this because it is possible. But you also need to attack the systematic cause of these things structural problems of unemployment, inequality, poverty, which is rising on the African continent, much more than the Africa rising narrative on the economy, is the feeder of this uh, kind of conflict and attack.